0: Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They'd advertise. You know. How dreary to be somebody. How public, like a frog, to tell one's name the live-long June to an admiring bog Gene. what's up welcome to the Vanity title danny palmer show yes i did begin this pod by reading an emily dickinson poem her 260th called i'm nobody am i still single despite having read an emily dickinson poem on my podcast apparently yes is the sound quality likely lower than it is in previous weeks because i can't figure out how to get the microphone to work correctly thus i am using the macbook microphone in order to get a podcast out also yes fucking jeans. It's funny because I, I moved the pod back from doing a recording. I used to do interviews on Wednesdays, solo pod on Fridays. And now, at least for the summer, I'm just doing one pod a week. Last week I got an interview. This week I'm doing this, the fun Friday pod on Wednesday, just where I'm talking. And the numbers, honestly, haven't really changed. Maybe people want less content. Maybe people just want to hear less from me. And then they'll enjoy the podcast more. You know, I really liked Danny's podcast when there was far less content available to consume. (laughs) That's when I really started briefly enjoying him, sort of. Dude, yeah, so much has happened in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I went down to Tampa, me and uh, former co-host of Space Space, What the Fuck, dude. Zach McGovern and I just continuing to sort of be friends. (laughs) He and I went down there and opened for Giulio Gallarotti. Sky Grayson was on the show, too. Everybody did great. Julio killed it. Headlining was really fun. So side splitters is like the comedy club in Tampa. And then they have this other second location just north of Tampa in this town, Wesley Chapel. It's like inside of a movie theater, which, you know, is a comic like, oh, my God, I'm doing comedy in a movie theater. It was actually fucking sick, dude. I would do comedy in a movie theater 24 hours a day. It's fucking great. It's kind of cool. I mean, I guess because it's like stadium seating. Some of the people are kind of far away from you, but I think it's fucking great. There's a huge stage. The people were engaged. It was funny. I could tell like 15 stories just from those uh, six shows that we did. There was this one lady in the audience on Thursday night. Her name was Amber. (laughs) And she was pretty drunk. But she was like, it's like one of those debatable things where it's like, yes, this woman is drunk. But she's not being disruptive per se. Like if you engage with her as a comic, she'll respond to you. But she wasn't like, you know, being like out of control or. I don't know, I kind of liked her. (laughs) I was like, dude, Amber's sick. And then we did uh, two shows on Friday. Then we did two shows in St. Pete on Saturday. And we did another show on Sunday. And then on Sunday night, my former neighbors in Tampa came out. The whole family is like seven of them. It was just cool, you know, because I grew up down there. Didn't do any comedy. Had no idea that you could fucking do that. Besides, like, on TV. And then cut to all these fucking years later, doing a cool show out of Tampa comedy club with my boys, with my crew. Shit was lit, dude. It's fucking lit, dude. Sick. It's funny because I was, uh, you know, I grew up in, I don't know if you guys know much about Tampa. How the? What, I can't talk to this, Danny. I, I what? I don't even know who's listening. How could I like ask you guys a question? That's insane. So the last night I was riding around in an Uber, and I was talking to this lady, and I was kind of being sent. I'm always sentimental, you know. I was getting sentimental in my head. I'm like, you know what, Danny? You grew up down here. Your life's kind of coming full circle now. You're doing comedy here. And and I do like living in Tampa. It was fun. It was a nice place to be. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should move back and be kind of cool to like just be in a coastal beach town again and all the memories that I have there and shit, you know? And then I told this Uber driver, I was like, do you like living in Tampa? And she goes, no. (laughs) She's like, I'm moving to Arizona in a week. I'm like, yeah, all right, fair. But it's like, you know, Everybody's uh, one man what's that phrase like one man's paradise is another man's prison or something like that or like the grass is always greener it's like, yeah I mean I get it And how much you want to bet that there are people in Arizona that are like, dude fuck this I'm moving to fucking Tampa I'm moving to Florida It's kind of funny no matter where you go, you're just like I don't know I heard a lot of people that from Texas moved to Colorado and then I bet that a lot of people in Colorado are like, you know what dude fuck this let's just go to Texas and try to freezing. And the people in Texas, are like, dude, this is fucking too hot. You never, it, nothing's ever good enough. I don't fucking know what I'm saying right now, dude. Sorry, dude. Sorry. You got feedback from Haley, probably the top pod listener. She said she's listening to me and Tom McCaffrey on the last episode from last week. Said it's so good. Really enjoyed his take on and Wes Anderson. We were talking about uh, is that fucking movie? God damn it! I don't know. Some movie. Um, let me know if you have time to do a pod with me. This. Oh yeah, I think Haley's gonna be a podcast guest. Sometime in the upcoming uh, couple weeks here. And that will be fucking sick. I think we're talking about Paul Thomas Anderson versus Wes Anderson. That's right. Because Wes Anderson did like Moonrise Kingdom and like Bottle Rocket. Paul Thomas Anderson did like Boogie Nights. And he also did Licorice Pizza, which I watched on the plane down to Tampa. It was pretty interesting. You know, I was like, okay, I like when movies I won't do any spoilers, but I really like when movies are like okay, some huge problem has been created and this guy's doing a bunch of, these people are doing a really bunch of bad things, a really bunch, a lot of bad things. And then in the next few scenes, they're obviously going to get their comeuppance and then they just never get their comeuppance. And you're like, oh, well, I thought that they deserved to get their, come-. and then you're like, oh, well, I guess I didn't predict this movie correctly. Also, you know, it's like what, you go to a movie you just have these implicit assumptions that any bad Behavior in the movie will be punished and like redeemed, or or maybe justified with a plot twist. And it's like not necessarily, you know. Sometimes shit just happens, and then you just you know, someone said, "Oh, Chris Rock was talking about Donald Trump." Like, yeah, you know, bad guy. But guess what? Sometimes bad guys just get away with shit their whole life, and they die. They never get caught. Like that's just part of life, dude. Anyways, I think Licorice Pizza is worth watching, and then I watched the uh, documentary on. Brian Wilson, I think it's called Long Strange Road, I believe. Um, Dude, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, he's uh, the Beach Boys dude, you know, and he was like such a genius at 23, just blowing everybody out of the water. But now he's a pretty shy guy, but he's really good friends with this Rolling Stones journalist for years and years. And he doesn't like to sit down for interviews because it makes him nervous. I think he has schizoaffective disorder. He is actually like, you can tell that he's like a sincerely nervous person. So the genius of this documentary is that instead of sitting down for a formal interview, they just drive around. They go to Malibu. They go to some old places where he used to live and where they shot Beach Boy album covers and just kind of talk at his leisure. And it's just it's really touching how sweet of a man he is. And, you know, his dad is real mean to him. And he he's this fucking genius, you know. It's crazy. You just meet a gen- like. I'm obviously a genius. You guys know that. <laughs> you you meet like a real genius in in the arts, and you're like, well, they might be a little goofy and off or weird, quote unquote. But thank God that he made fucking good vibrations. I mean, that song's fucking insane, dude. <laughs> um, When did I see this? I can't remember. I fucking saw this. There was some unclaimed baggage auction at some airport somewhere. I think I saw it on the news. And one of the items that somebody legitimately left in unclaimed baggage was, wait for it, an armadillo. I guess it was like a stuffed, what do you call it, taxidermied armadillo. Dude, what are you doing? You left your fucking armadillo in your, what? <laughs> are you running from the law? Are you running from the armadillo police? What are you doing, dude? Not armadillo police, you know what I mean. A fucking SBCA. I don't know, just fucking, just ignore that part. I can't, dude, not every fucking sentence is going to be amazing. Just fucking relax. Who are you yelling at? You're yelling at your listeners. You're dwindling listeners, you piece of shit. Leave them alone. You're the one that sucks. All right, baby. But don't talk anymore because it strains my voice. Why would it strain your voice? It's my voice. Fair. Fair, 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 fair. I was listening to uh, Dana Gould on whose podcast was he on? I think it was Conan O'Brien's. Um, or maybe it was Mark Marin. And he said that his mother is 88 and she has dementia. And then he goes, Christmas is a breeze. <laughs> I guess because she doesn't remember any of the gifts. And I was just so impressed with that take. I mean, obviously he's kidding. He loves his mother and it's sad that she's in that situation, but the ability to be able to pull back from that dark and, you know, it's definitely tragic, but you can spin and i spin that to look at that situation from Christmas is a breeze. Like what is the silver lining funny thing that you can pull from that to salvage You know, your sense of spirit and optimism in the face of difficult circumstances. Anyways, maybe I'm over speaking that or explaining that, but I thought that was lit. Okay, something a little more light. Did you guys know? Do you guys want to know stuff, dude? I love finding out stuff. Finding out stuff is sick. Um, Alligators. I was at Tampa International Airport on Monday waiting to fly home. I was just like reading the paper. Saw this story. This, This poor lady. She's like in her 80s in Florida, and she got attacked she fell into a pond and then two alligators, I think one was like eight foot and one was like seven foot, they attacked her and killed her, which is obviously awful. Uh, but this article was explaining about alligators and that, like their preferences for like what they eat and all stuff. So alligators live throughout Florida and survive in fresh, brackish and salt waters according to the commission, this like Florida Commission of you know alligator shit, <laughs> which estimates the state has more than 1 million of the large reptiles. Alligators are more visible and active in the warmer months when their metabolism rises. Their metabolism, like in Kalous? Did you say metabolism? When their metabolism rises and they search for food. Mr. Brown said he's this commission dude, you know. But they rarely bite people and fatalities are infrequent. The chance of a Florida resident being seriously injured is roughly one in 3.1 million, the commission said. Last year, 2021, nine people in Florida were bitten by alligators in unprovoked attacks, according to the commission's record. Um, and then the last thing: alligators are opportunistic feeders and will eat animals that are readily available to them. The commission reported they're like, how you know, how do we stop these attacks? They prefer to go after prey they can overpower easily. So I guess if you're like walking on a golf course and you're like have a stick, the odds of them coming after you are probably like far lower than if you like obviously fall into a fucking pond. But You know, it's just... Obviously, they're pieces of shit. (laughs) Alligators are real pieces of shit. I'd say about this other article I read about shark attacks and how, like, no shark has ever hunted a human in the history of sharks. Like, they're just looking for bait fish. And sometimes they, like, bump into you. I guess there's an occasional time when they might mistake you for a seal. But they're not, like, hunting fucking humans, dude. So just swim wherever you want, and it's fine. It's not fine. But the fact that more and more sharks are... uh, the, The world's oceans are becoming... Uh, populated with more and more sharks is a healthy sign that the ecosystem is healing. And it's like, well, I thought the fucking giant garbage patch and global warming, but the oceans are heal I don't what? I don't I don't I don't know. I don't get it, dude. Do you think I did any re- did any research to remedy that fact and figure it out? I did not. Okay. What's well, the next thing I wrote down to talk about? Um oh yeah, I guess this does kind of tie into that. You know, global warming, doom and gloom. Oh my yeah. I read this other article about how like conditions Uh, for humanity over the course of time are actually dramatically improving. Um, Still, the feeling that the world... I'm quoting here from this article. Still, the feeling that the world is getting worse is not universal. In fact, it is mostly held by residents of rich countries like the United States. Survey after survey has found that a majority of people in low-income and middle-income countries like Kenya or Indonesia tend to express optimism about the future for both themselves and their societies. Such countries represent most of the world's population, suggesting that optimism is, believe it or not, the prevailing global mood. Optimism is the fucking prevailing global mood, dude. I just read back a sentence from an article and I added the F word to it, and that makes it my content. These countries, after all, are where those long-term gains in health and well-being are most pronounced. So, you know, I, I told that to a friend of mine, they were like, yeah, well... I think what they said is that if you're at the bottom rungs of society, the only place you can go is up. So they're optimistic that their lives will improve. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're happier than people in rich countries, but I don't know, man. You know, it's definitely true that people in America are always like, and then you see these documentaries about people living in like cold, remote climates that just like trap bears and shit, hunt and and for animals and shit. (laughs) Danny, have I ever constructed a sentence before in my life? But that those people are generally more happy because they're not in this fucking rat race, dude. They're not getting the rent jacked up a thousand fucking dollars. Although I did find a new apartment uh, a block south of here, so that's fun. And uh, dude, yeah, I live in the East Village. I do these fucking landlords in New York, man. Like it's, I just have this like troubled relationship because not troubled, but like the landlord from my building, the guy actually is super nice. He's very polite and respectful towards me, but, but the things that he's doing to me are fucking. Awful. Like they jacked them, I rent a thousand dollars. Now they're like, you have to get all your shit out of there by noon on July thirty first, or else we're gonna charge. We could charge you every hour that you stay past noon. I'm like, dude, my lease starts on August first. I can't go to the other apartment that I'm moving to and kick the dude out, break in, and be like, get the fuck out. Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I gonna move my shit twice, dude? Am I gonna move my shit into a fucking van? <laughs> Park it overnight and then move. I'm probably gonna have to do that. <laughs> but just like, can, can you give me a fucking 24 hour window? Can you start the lease on for the new tenant on August 7th? I know for a fact y'all haven't leased it yet because there's still people seeing the fucking apartment this week. I mean, this is too, minu- too detailed of minutia. But I feel like that's also broadly applicable, you know, because like the small shit that's one thing I enjoy about podcasts. I'm like, ah, oh, these minor problems in my life really bother me. And then you hear, like, other people have those same minor problems, and they're handling them, too. And it's like, oh, it gives you kind of, like, inspiration that it's, for, it's much more common. Everybody has small problems, you know? It's not just you. When you're alone, you tend to ruminate. Ah, oh, everything sucks. But to understand that that feeling is universal gives you a sense of camaraderie and hope, I would argue. The world is actually getting better over time. Okay. I was selling Julio Galarotti, who I opened for uh, this past weekend in Tampa. Dude, you got to go see him, by the way. His The way he does comedy, it's crazy. I don't understand how he does it. Like, you know, it's kind of reminded me of Brian Wilson, because Brian Wilson just creates this aura and atmosphere of sound and emotion. And then you're just like, hey, do you want to step into my world and listen? Like, listen to good vibrations. You're just completely immersed in that world that he's created in his head. You know, you're kind of out of your head and in his head. And I feel like Julio does the same thing with this comedy. I told him this. He's like. He doesn't just like me and Zach McGovern tell like joke, 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 joke. Julio kind of like creates settings uh, that he's describing and people in those settings and then just kind of gives you a tour of his own world that he observes and interacts with or even is creating, you know, some of his jokes are um, thinking of fictional ideas. Some of his jokes are telling true stories. But anyways, just, it's like he can create this whole world. I'm always impressed with that. So I don't know. Wh- I don't know how I got off on of that side trail, but it was fucking lit, dude. This is another article that I read about chocolate. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We went from talking to analyzing a comedian's set and approach to comedy to chocolate. Chocolate has a long and illustrious reputation made from cocoa. <laughs> Did you really have to read that word, which is derived from the beans of the cocoa tree, whose scientific name translates to food of the gods it's kind of cool. It was used by some of the earliest Mesoamerican cultures as food, medicine, ritual offering. Are you going to give the gods some fucking chocolate? Oh, sweet Lord, take my fucking good... <laughs> Wait, what's that one called? Mr. Goodbar, please take this butterfinger into your asshole. Uh, okay food medicine ritual offerings and perhaps even currency you can use chocolate as currency that's kind of cool yeah dude chocolate coins bro everybody knows about that shit dude it's no less valuable in modern times the global chocolate market grew by nearly 20 percent between 2016 and 2021 with an approximate revenue of 980 billion dollars in 2021 how dude that's fucking crazy it's it, What is it? What's after nine hundred and eighty? What's that? A what, thousand billion is a trillion, right? Something like that. Ooh, no idea. That's a huge fucking market, according to the market research firm Statista. Um, and then so they're talking about like, can chocolate affect your health in a positive way? It has to be like dark chocolate, and it has to be like a like seventy or eighty percent cocoa, not just fucking milk chocolate bullshit like Mister Goodbar dude. Uh, for his part this doctor that knows stuff, Dr. Mozaferian, is persuaded by the existing research that dark chocolate containing 70% or more cocoa is likely beneficial for heart health, even in, even if it contains less flavonoids. Flavonoids? No, oh, sorry, flavanols, all right? Even if it contains less flavonols than tested in the Cosmos trial. It's some trial, dude, relax. Eating a small amount of dark chocolate every day is probably really good for us, and it will make you happy because it tastes good. So a small amount of dark chocolate every day that's kind of lit all right i think those are the things i wanted to talk about this week on the danny palmer show thank you for continuing to listen even though i've revised the format but i think it's a good idea i might be going to fucking phoenix this weekend to the Tempe improv with ricky velez i don't know yet i gotta figure it out dude but this is cool that i get to do shit like that i hope you guys have a fucking sick ass weekend you black hat every friday night nine o'clock 172 Remington on the Lower East Side. If you're in New York City, I got my fucking Instagram account back. Message me for like, if you're like this really hot chick, just send me a message and be like, hey, I'm this really hot chick. And I just want to see if you want to like make out or like chill. And I'll be like, yeah, we'll we'll come make out. And then we'll just like exchange information. And then we'll just like make out and shit like that, dude. Suck. Okay. You're not making out with anybody. You're my fucking girlfriend. I can't do that fucking voice. Even though it's not my voice. It's my girlfriend's voice. But I just can't have her in the room. Because it's straining my fucking vocal cords. Eh? Should I kill time for 13 more seconds so that the pod is 20 minutes long and people don't feel ripped the fuck off? Should I tell another Tampa tale, as it were? Nah. Good. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Good. Can you say come on the podcast? Danny, you have a corporate job. You shouldn't be saying the word come, but I did. Come.